Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. Good. Uh, This really is a a unique kind of a Sunday, and and, uh, some of you may feel it's kind of an anticlimactic time because you've come out of uh, Christmas and the busyness of the season, and maybe it's even been an emotionally draining uh, Christmas for you. Uh, So uh, I just want to encourage you this morning, if that's you, just be open to what the Spirit of God wants to speak to you today. Be attentive to that this morning. It's a real uh, joy and privilege for me to be able to bring you something from the Word of God today and then to lead from that into communion this morning. And I can't think of a better way to end one year and start another than in communion. We're going to do that in just a few moments together. Pastor Dan is away on a few days of vacation. We're glad that he had a chance to do that. And uh, he will be back next week to start a new series called Overcoming You. And if that just caused a reaction in you, then your first test is to be here because... You've got to overcome you to be here to hear what the Lord's going to, going to say to you. But uh, I'm sure it's going to be a great series. And I really hope, I really think that today what I have to share, not even knowing what Dan's going to say, uh, is I hope going to be a good preface to that and a complimentary to that, to that series. Because I, I think there'll be some, some overlap in, in, in some of the uh, idea. But uh, it, it is a unique Sunday for sure. If uh, you were like me, you woke up to a power outage this morning, and I was about 6.30 this morning shaving by flashlight. That was real fun. Uh, And praying for power in more ways than one. Uh, And it came back on about 7. So I'm very, very grateful that we are able to be here today and, and gather together to do this. It's also a time of year when a lot of us like to set goals as we as we approach a new year. We like to set goals for what we'd like to see happen in the year to come. And whether or not you're a goal setter, I want to help you this morning to uh, have at least one critically important goal so that as you head into this new year, you will be headed in the right direction, at least spiritually speaking, which will help you in every other area of your life as well. So let's pray together. Lord, this is your word. Help us to hear it. Help us to believe it and help us to live it. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. I have an assumption this morning, and my assumption and my hope is this, that every one of us who are here this morning would like in 2019 to move forward, move deeper, go further with Christ. Would that be true of you? I hope so. It's what I want as well. And growing in our faith, Verse 11 of Romans 12, we're just going to look at the first two verses of Romans 12 today, but in verse 11 of that same chapter, it says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Keep your spiritual fervor. That's what I want for us in 219. I, but I'll tell you something, I, I'm directionally challenged at times at least. And it happened again just on Friday. I went into Fred Meyer, did my shopping. The parking lot was full. And I came out, and I didn't remember where I parked. (laughs) And so, you know, I I can tell I'm directly challenged because I think that the key bob with a car horn is one of the greatest inventions of all time. 
And how many times have you had to depend on this like I have? So I'm walking around in the rain on Friday in the parking lot going like this and this until finally... <laughs> huh? And I, and I was a happy man. It was raining. It was raining hard. But I am directionally challenged. And even more significantly, I am directionally challenged spiritually as I enter this new year, as are you, because the Bible tells us that we all have this thing called a sinful nature. And we all have this tendency, this pull to want to do things in ways that are contrary to God's will for us. And so we've got this at work within us, and, and, and we're, it's common to us all. And so we need, uh, we need this uh, spiritual kebab, if you will. And I want to give you a, a kebab this morning from the Word of God, which is Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And I'm going to read that for us right now. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Keep your, keeping your relationship fervent and passionate isn't something that's just going to happen in 2019. It won't if we, if we neglect it. It's... Uh, Spiritual unattentiveness can lead to spiritual drift, which can kill spiritual fervor. And none of us wants to be drifting in this year to come. That's why Hebrews 12, uh, 2.1 is actually a great verse. It says, we must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we've heard so that we do not drift away. Drifting. None of us wants that. None of us, I believe, wants to get to a year from now and look back at 219 and say, what happened? You know, why didn't I see more of God? Why didn't I get closer? Why don't I feel closer to God? Uh, maybe we've even gotten less excited about Christ. Maybe we have been more absent from the church. Maybe we've been less excited about the things of the kingdom that we used to think were the most important of all. But none of us wants to get to that point. So what's the answer? What's the antidote to that? I believe the answer is it's in living a surrendered life every day in 2019. Living a surrendered life. And Romans 12, 1 and 2 gives us an idea of some of what that means. And I want to focus on that just for the next few moments. First of all, if, as we look at verse 1, Paul would say to us, I believe, that living a surrendered life is about living as a daily living sacrifice. A daily living sacrifice. He, here's a thought for you this morning. Living sacrifices see every day as a response of worship. Every day. Paul specifically mentions in that verse your bodies, but there is a wider application. Because we know in Scripture it tells us that we're to glorify God in all of our life. Glorify God in everything. And so we can apply it to, to more than just our bodies, but certainly that's part of it. And, and he says to be this living sacrifice, but not just any sacrifice. He says, be one that is what? Holy and pleasing to God. A holy and pleasing to God as a spiritual act of worship. Our lives aren't to give God the leftovers. 
we're not just to give God the things that we don't really care about, but it's to be all of our life. It's about our entire lives are to be holy and pleasing to God. Thank God Jesus has made the ultimate sacrifice, and we're going to celebrate that in a few minutes. He's made the ultimate sacrifice, but in response to him and how he's given his all, we're to give our all in this year to come. We're to be living sacrifices with our entire lives every day of this new year, offering ourselves in devotion to him. So that it becomes about Jesus living in you. It's about God's spirit working, living in us, God in residence in our lives. And it reminds us that worship isn't just about what we come to do here on Sundays. It's about our whole life. It's about what we do every moment of every day in this, in this week to come. Every challenge, every relationship, every, every situation. It's as if we are, well, it's not as if we are under new management. We're under new ownership. The Bible says we've been bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus. So we're to live under new management. I came to Christ at age 16, and I thought that I was living a surrendered life, but it's taken a lifetime of learning and relearning every day to, and every moment and every situation to see that as, as if there were a sign hanging around me saying, under new management. Because self keeps getting in the way, like an unwanted house guest. Maybe some of you had those this holiday. But it puts a whole different perspective on things, and it gives us a whole new grid for, for making decisions and choices in our lives. For example, how, how I relate to my family becomes an act of worship. How I respond to people out in the community, even those who drive me crazy, is an act of worship. How I view and use money, what I do with my free time, what I do when no one else sees me. All of that becomes a part of my living sacrifice, my daily act of worship. And that daily perspective of my whole life as being a living sacrifice and an expression of worship will keep me focused on Christ. It will keep me um, dependent on Christ and thinking about Christ because my life is no, isn't just a partially about Christ. It's all about Christ. And my life and yours becomes the story then of Jesus in me and about experiencing his love and his power, his forgiveness, his grace, his mercy, his, his help, his intervention, his protection, uh, his personal involvement in every aspect, every relationship, every challenge in my life. And it's the same for you. I actually use uh, Romans 12.1 often in, in prayer. Uh, I'll often pray something like this, Lord, Today, I offer my life to you as a living sacrifice. Just as a reminder. As a reminder to myself, and I'd urge you to do the same. Every day this coming year, ask yourself, who is this day going to be about? Me or Jesus? And how is that going to affect the way I live today? Good question, eh? Secondly, Paul would tell us from verse 2 that living a surrendered life is about a daily journey of transformation. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Here's a thought. Every day in your life is meant to be a new and fresh work of God. Did you know that? As the Spirit of God works in you, every day in your life is meant to be a new and fresh work of God. 
Paul says, don't be conformed, but be transformed. And you know what conform means, right? It means uh, when you start to think and act like everybody else around you. And he's, he's talking about, don't be like the world. Don't let that be who you are. He says, be transformed. And that word is an interesting one there. It's metamorpho, which, from which we get the word metamorphosis. And if you've ever heard that word, maybe you've heard the illustration of the caterpillar that becomes the butterfly. It's this idea of a new life form, one life becoming another life, a new life. And that's the word Paul uses there. It is a beautiful picture. Speaking of beautiful pictures, Chris is going to put on the screen this one. And this is just a, a portion of uh, the area of Palm Springs, uh, California. I don't know if you've ever been there. We have a number of family members who live there, and so we've gone down a few times and enjoy it. But one of the things I enjoy uh, so much about that, that area is uh, even though the desert around it isn't very pretty at all, it's like driving into a mirage. You know, all of a sudden you're into this place that is just the greenery and the, all the different desert flowers and different cacti, and, and it's, it's just amazing. And uh, it's like being in a mirage. And so I, one, time, one time when I was down there, I met a person who, who had lived there a long time, and I, I was in conversation with them. I said, how can this be? How can all of this be in the desert? And he said, it's because under the Palm Springs area, which is, if you know it, it's several cities in a row, but underneath that is an underground lake, underground aquifers. And so it's, it's, the, it's what's going on under the unseen surface that gives life to what's on the surface. Now, I love that picture as I think about the Christian life. It's God at work in us so that what comes out of us looks more like him. And that's what Paul is calling us to here. Be transformed, not conformed. And I need to be reminded of that often. It's, it's not something that I can do. It's something God does in me, but he will as part of that daily process in this lifelong journey. Listen, you're, this world is not your standard. You hear me? This world is not your final destination if you're a follower of Jesus. So will you embrace this calling to be transformed? Some of you here today, you might need the realization that you can't do this. That journey starts with that realization. I can't do this, but I know God can. Some of us may need a reboot a restart in our faith. All of us need that reminder because this year we're, going to, we're called into a journey in which Christ holds the controls and not us. And it's his power at work in us that produces this new life daily. Understand that? Get that? Audience response question. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. I just want to make sure you're still with me. Okay. But I, I want to make sure we, we don't miss something else very important here and very powerful. While it's Christ who produces this in us, it's, it, it, involves us uh, it involves this renewing of the mind, he says, the renewing of the mind. New living requires new thinking. And thinking like Christ will be something that he produces, but which you're going to strongly influence. That's why Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, whatever's good, whatever's lovely, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's worthy of you know, praise, think about those kinds of things. See, saying to us, you control what you take in. You control what, what goes into your life. 
and whether that produces fertile ground for the Holy Spirit or not. But God will produce the change. And there's a battle every day of our lives with that because Romans chapter 7, Paul reminds us that, that this battle within each of us is this, the flesh versus the Spirit of God at work. And we're being pulled these different ways. And the battle be, will be won in how and what we think. And to win that battle, you need a regular intake of this. Because it's God's manual for Christian living. The Bible itself calls itself the sword of the Spirit. It's God's love letter to you. And you need it. Uh, when Diane and I met quite a while ago, we, we were, uh, I was involved in a ministry that was, I was traveling for a year. And uh, so we didn't get to spend much time together when we first met. But things were happening quickly. And uh, so we, we wrote to each other about every day. Uh, this was in a day, now I know we do emails and texts today, and, you know, personal letters just aren't really common anymore. But in those days, we were writing daily to each other, and we'd get those letters, and it was so exciting to get that letter where I was at, and to open it up and read it and reread it. But you know something? I, then I tucked those letters away, and I don't think I ever read them again. Because after that year, I, I married her and I got to be with her all the time. I didn't need the letters. Listen, someday, maybe soon, we're going to be with Jesus. But in the meantime, we've got this. And we've got the Holy Spirit in us to guide us and teach us and lead us. And we need both every single day. Do you believe that? I hope so. I hope so. Thirdly, Paul would say, uh, to live a surrendered life, we've got to be committed to God's will. And here's the key, no matter what. Verse 2. Verse 2. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do you know that God's will for you is good and pleasing and perfect? Took me a long time to fully believe that and to, to grasp that, and I have to constantly be reminded of that. Here's a thought. Your will is about what's desirable to you, but God's will is about what's best for you. Your will considers what's the best result in, in light of what you understand right now, but God's will considers what's best in light of a much bigger picture and involves people other than yourself. Your will may achieve some measure of pleasure and accomplishment, but only the will of God can be said to be truly good and pleasing and perfect. It's good because it, it, it accomplishes the purposes of a good God. It's pleasing because it pleases Him and it will therefore please you. And it's perfect because He will always do what's best for you. It always, 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 always. And that last part might be the hardest part for some of us to believe. We might be going through some things that we, we find challenge that. But the, um, if I can guarantee anything for you next year, I don't know what's going to happen in 2019, but if I can guarantee anything for you, it's that you're going to have trials and temptations. And I will too. And the question isn't if, it's how and what. 
Some of you in this room may be tested severely in this year to come, but all of us will be tested and tempted. And will those things lead us to spiritual drift or to a more dynamic faith in Christ as we trust Him? I find myself often praying the words that Christ gave us, your kingdom come and your will be done. Lord, for my family, for me, for this church, for my neighborhood, your kingdom come and your will be done. And uh, that's, a, that's a, a great way to pray, but we often need that reminder because we, we, question, we can question things like, you know, what about when we pray for something and the opposite happens? His kingdom come and his will be done. Can you say that with me? His kingdom come and his will be done. What about when we, what we see doesn't make sense or seem fair? Say it with me. His kingdom come and his will be done. What about when our human emotions or impulses of the flesh are pulling hard on us to make a choice that might not be the will of God for us? Say it with me. His kingdom come and his will be done. What about when my plans don't seem to be God's plans and it may even mean the death of a personal dream or desire? Say it with me. His kingdom come and his will be done. What about when my experience seems so different from other Christians that I know, and I want to experience what they're experiencing, but my reality is otherwise? Say it with me. His kingdom come and his will be done. Remember this. Faith increases as self decreases. His kingdom come and his will be done. It's the only thing that will matter in the end. And the only thing that will achieve what we want most in the meantime. The surrendered life will always be willing to put aside self and selfishness in order to put on Christ and Christ's will. Believing that he will always, always, always have our best interests at heart. And for not only for our sake, but also for the sake of others that he wants to use us to love in his name. Amen? Yeah. Amen. I... Uh, I began this morning by saying that I am directionally challenged, and I am at times, but I, uh, I, I have something on the table over here. Some of you might have thought, what's that all about, or did he forget that? No, I didn't forget it, but I have just two little objects on this table. One is a compass, and the other is my, my phone with GPS, my smartphone with GPS. One is a little more ancient than the other. One is a little more complex than the other. This one can give you general directions, you know, north, south, east, west. This one can tell you how to get there. I want to say this to you as we come to the conclusion of one year and enter a new year. And maybe you're carrying a lot of things over into the new year with you. Christ will be both of these for you. He'll give you direction. He'll set a path before you. He'll lead you in straight paths, and he will help you. He will be those things to you. If you will do your part and live a surrendered life every day in 2019, worshiping him with your whole life, being transformed by his spirit, and committed to his will no matter what happens, even when it hurts. Your life will then be full of God's stories as you look back a year from now, 
And all of them will be, have been used to fuel a fervent faith in this year to come. And Jesus will lead you. He will lead you in this year to come. And the result will be an amazing and exciting experience for you and for your family and even for this church because what happens in your life will spill out into the lives of others. Do you know that? May God make it so. We're going to celebrate communion. And as I said, what a great way to end one year and begin another. But I want it to be a, a, as a, an extension of what we've heard this morning and an extension of our worship this morning. You know, when Jesus instituted uh, communion with his disciples, he, he made it a, a past, present, and future event. He said, do this in, in the present in remembrance of me. That's the past. And then he said, do this as often as you drink of it and eat of this bread. You do it until I come again. So there's future. And we're at the point right now of looking back and looking forward. And as we celebrate the communion this morning, I want it to be an opportunity for us to, first of all, thank God for bringing us through this year and for some, through some very specific things in your life. But also, I want it to be an opportunity to look ahead with confidence and faith because of Jesus and to commit this new year to him. So I'm going to call our band up forward. I'm going to ask our, our, the folks who are serving communion to get ready. And in just a moment, as we pass out the communion elements, I'm going to ask you to hold on to them until I give you uh, some direction because I want, to, I want to pray and I want us to... to work through and walk through the communion as, uh, as an expression of our personal worship this morning and our corporate worship. But before we do that, I, if you're here this morning and you're not really sure about that relationship to Christ, I want to give you an opportunity because I want you, we want you to celebrate this communion with us. Jesus said it's for his people and we want you to be a part of that. But if you're not sure about that relationship, let's make sure this morning, what a great way that would be to end one year and set the, set the grounds for the new year, to do it with Jesus. Will you bow with me in prayer? And if you're here this morning, and you, you have a doubt about that, uh, whether you really actually have that relationship, would you just pray something like this? Would you just say, Lord, thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for rising from the dead. Thank you for your forgiveness and for your offer of life. And I receive you. I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you to be my Lord and Savior every day in the, in the days and the months and the years ahead. And Lord, I just, I receive that gift. I offer myself to you. And I pray that you will help me to live for you. And maybe some of you even need a reboot, a restart. Maybe you've done that some time in the past, but it hasn't been so, so great lately. Maybe you just need a fresh start in this new year with him. And may, would you make that your prayer this morning? Just say, Lord, thank you. I, I want to start fresh with you. I want to trust you more. I want to I love you more. And if that is, if either of those prayers describes you, which as we're bowed in prayer, would you just put your hand up in the air so that we can pray for you and just acknowledge that. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. 
Lord, you see our, our hands, you, hear, you know our hearts. And we pray for these, that as they begin this new journey, or this renewed journey, oh Lord, bless them, help them, fill them, and help them to, to depend upon you daily in this year to come. And, and all of us offer ourselves to you, Lord, this morning as living sacrifices. We offer ourselves for this journey of transformation. We acknowledge that even though we've come through some hard things and we know there'll be some things ahead, our desire is to follow you, Jesus, in 2019. Help us to do that. In Jesus' name.